Hey everybody, this is Mike Wardrop from Encounter Church Adelaide and thanks so much for tuning into our podcast. Our prayer is that through this podcast you can have an encounter with Jesus that will change your life. And now get ready for an inspiring message from our preaching team. Um, before I get into what I'm going to speak on tonight, I just want to let you know that I'm actually not going to preach at all on verse 1 to 4. Um, I'm going to start in about verse 5 and go forward. But I do want to say just into that, that Mike and I take preaching the word really seriously, that there isn't a message that uh, we don't get up here and preach and the people that we, um, we have up here and preach that they don't wrestle with. Um, and so it is something we take very seriously. And that's it's a whole chapter that we can un- unpack. But um, I'm going to leave that for now. Uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll get onto that another day. But if you have questions about between one and four about, um, about teachers and preachers and what we should and shouldn't do and all that kind of stuff, you can come and talk to us after. But I'm going to preach from verse five onwards. Now, Mike gave me this topic of taming the tongue because in his words, I used to have a problem with this. <laughs> not sure if I was offended or if I was just grateful that he used the word used to and not still do. So anyway... He's right, though. I do have a major foot and mouth problem. Not a hand, foot and mouth disease, by the way. I don't have that. That is for children. But I do have a, <laughs> a foot and mouth syndrome uh, where I say whatever comes into my head. I wasn't born with a filter. Most of you were born with a filter. I wasn't born with that filter. So I was that kid that was in the shopping centre who would be like really, really loudly, and parents, you know what I'm talking about, hey, mum, why is that guy so fat? Or we'll be sitting next to an old lady at church and I'll say, Mom, why does that lady smell really loudly so that everybody could hear? It was honestly, I really feel sorry for my mother. I love her, but she is, she's just an amazing woman. But I am, I am very good at just saying whatever comes to my head. I say what you're all thinking. I just say it out loud and get in trouble for it. One of my favourite stories, well, actually, it's not my favourite. I'm actually not proud of this story, but it's a really good story. <laughs> Um, about what we're going to talk about tonight. And I've actually come a long way since this, so um, I feel like I can now, now tell it. Um, but when I was oh, in my probably late teens, early 20s, um, I did City to Bay. And I was doing it with uh, a friend of mine and uh, walking along. And anyway, we get, to, get towards the end, and it's been this long walk. And um, I found her rather frustrating, let's say, to do this walk with. And so I decided it'd be a great idea to start a text conversation with my other friend about how annoying this girl was, right? And so I wrote this text, it went something like this, like, gosh, so-and-so, I won't say her name, is super, being super annoying. Her voice is like what it's like with, with fingernails on chalkboards. I can't deal with her, I don't want to do this walk with her anymore, but I have to finish the race. Sent, sent the message, probably about two minutes from the end, two or three minutes from the end when I, when I sent it. And then about a minute from the end, I looked at my phone and realised that I hadn't sent the te- text message to the friend that I thought I'd sent it to. I had sent it to this girl's boyfriend, who was meeting us at the finish line about one minute later. <laughs> true story, true story. In other news, I don't text anybody bad things anymore. I never say anything bad about anybody ever. That's not true. I wish it was. I'm going to get there. But I do not send text messages to anybody anymore about anybody else. I just choose to just leave all that alone and hope that I never that never happens again. 
I've put things in place. I also, you know what I have put in place? This is actually not from that, but it's really handy. My phone has like a six second count. So if I like send something, I can double click on it and like stop it from going. I use that a lot, not because of this problem, but because I can't spell. And so I see something and then I reread it and I go, oh, that doesn't mean what it means. And so I quickly press it again and resend it. But anyway, now that we have down pat that I know a thing or two about needing to tame the tongue, we're going to move on and we're going to get into the word of God. I know that you all know what I'm talking about. I know that you all know what it's like to be on the other end of someone speaking badly of you. you I, know, I know that you all know what it's like to speak badly about somebody else. I wish that none of us were like that. But the truth is, it is the world that we live in. Our world is rife with negative speaking. Everybody has a soapbox if they want it with Facebook or Instagram. You can write a blog and it can be completely anonymous. So you can write whatever you want about whoever you want and there is no accountability in how your words are affecting others. To gossip has become normal to the point that many of us don't even notice that we're doing it anymore. It's almost like it's our right to talk about people behind their back. It's like that's become normal in our culture. Now, gossip is simply talking about someone without them there, painting them in a bad light, or possibly sharing something that you haven't been given permission to share about. Gossip is not just a girl thing, may I add. It's a boy thing as well. Gossip is something that I doubt any of us could say that we have a complete grasp on, that we never speak badly of someone, that we never think bad thoughts about them. And so tonight, we're going to look into... Um, a few scriptures before we get into James that just speak into this topic. Ephesians 4 verse 29 says, Let no corrupt talking come out of your mouths, but only such as good, which is good for building up, as fit the occasion, that it may be given grace to those who hear. And verse Proverbs 17 verse 9, Whoever covers an offence seeks love, but he who repent, repeats a matter separates close friends. I think gossip is kind of like termites. I think it gets to the root and nibbles at the foundation of relationships. Gossip is amazing how quickly it spreads around, doesn't it? How quickly we can say something about someone which goes to someone else, which goes to someone else. And, and you know, I love when I don't love, but I, I always find it interesting that people will come to you and say, hey, look, I just don't tell anybody else this, but I need to tell you about so-and-so. And they go, and they, you know, but it's okay, because it's just you. And then they go to someone else and they're like, hey, I just don't tell anyone, like, but I just need to tell you about so-and-so. And then they go, that person goes to somebody else and to somebody else and to somebody else, and eventually the whole room knows about this issue that the, the one person was only meant to know about. It's amazing how quickly it, it gets around, and that's why I, like, I think about gossip as like termites. I think sometimes in culture, we say that it's our right to vent, all right? It's our right to get things off our chest. But I think there's a right way to deal with things, and there's a right way to get things off your chest. But I think gossip is just one way that we let the tongue rule our lives. There are also other things like slandering people, making, which is simply making false statements, which is damaging to their reputation, or bullying, or a multiple of other ways. But before I keep going and feel like I'm just going to start telling you off, let's open up our Bibles to James 3. So from verse 5, it to six, it says, Likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue is also set on fire, 
is also a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole body, sets out the whole course of one's life on fire, and it itself is set on fire by hell. Now, the tongue is a really interesting part of the body. It's not the biggest organ in the body. It's, it's not even the one that keeps us alive. But it is a really important uh, part of the body. We, we, can, we can technically live without our, our tongue, but what we can't do is we can't talk well, we can't swallow. If we didn't have a tongue, we wouldn't create saliva. So our gums would dry out and our teeth would fall out. And it would be hard to chew and it would be hard, you know, be hard to do most things in life. I think the list could probably go on. So while it's not the thing in our body that keeps us alive, it's a very important part of our body. So James starts by telling us here that the tongue is so powerful. And in verse 7, he, said, he goes on to say, All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and sea creatures are being tamed by the tongue and have been tamed by mankind. But no human being can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. Now, I think James here is trying to make a point. It's a pretty full on. But I don't think he's saying that we can never tame the tongue. I think he's trying to make a point that it would be, it's extremely difficult to tame the tongue and it's, it's be a, in, impossible to tame the tongue without God. And it goes on. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father and with it we curse human beings who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursing. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. James in this text is speaking to Jewish Christians so this book was written roughly around 45 AD and it was before Paul and Peter got together and decided to go out and, and tell the Gentiles about Jesus. So these people that he was speaking to were Jewish Christians. They, their parents hadn't believed in Jesus. They hadn't grown up in the church. So what James was trying to do is put some really strong foundations in their life that would help their Christian walk. They, they didn't they didn't have a history of following Jesus. So what they were doing was actually really countercultural. And James knew that. And so he knew that he ne they needed these, these blocks, these, these big things for, for them to understand it more. We live in a world now that loves to watch Christians. They are looking for ways to find us as hypocrites. And so the last line where James says, what comes out of the same mouth comes praises and curses, is so important to grasp for us tonight. We are all sinners and we are all fallen, yes? Yeah. But saying one thing one moment and another the next that contradict each other is actually not okay. Now, I don't want to be up here and telling you off, telling what you should or shouldn't do. Um, and trust me, I've been taken over the coals this week about this stuff and I'm learning to grow in it. But if we don't, if we don't talk about this stuff, we allow ourselves to be shaped by the world and not shaped by God. Do not fool yourselves. If you are not being shaped by God, you are being shaped by the world around you. In Proverbs 8, 18 verse 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. We believe here at Encounter that mission is your vocation, that you are called to do life outside of Sunday, outside of church, that when you go out on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, what you do then, what you say then matters. Perhaps it matters even more than what you say here. Yeah. James is pretty full on 
about laying out the laws and telling us how we should live. But if we want our lives transformed, we need to understand that this is not even a head issue or a behaviour issue. This is actually a heart issue. James says in Matthew 15, verse 18, But what comes out of the mouth proceeds from the heart, and it defiles a person. So maybe it's about getting our heart right, and less about getting our tongue right, actually. Because if what comes out of our mouth is a sign of how our heart is doing, then we need to work on our heart. There is so much power in 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 words. Power for good, power to change the world, power to change people's lives. I think the gift of encouragement is the most underrated gift of the Holy Spirit. When you tell someone that they are gifted, that they are good at what they do, that you love them, that they are beautifully and wonderfully made, you can transform people's lives when you speak that truth into it. This week was my birthday, and I got beautiful gifts and lovely flowers, lots of beautiful flowers. But the things that I actually treasured the most were the cards, the thing that people took time to write about why they love me and, and, you know, things that I did well and stuff like that. It was such an encouraging week. And there is so much power in the gift of encouragement. You can use your tongue for encouragement, and honestly, you can change the world. When we get the heart right, we are personally changed and our lives are transformed and those around us, their lives are transformed as well. When we become more like Jesus, our lives and those around us are changed. Can one person change the world? There's actually been studies done on this. I actually believe that one person can change the world. I think we saw it in Jesus. And I think we forget that sometimes. God calls us to be like Jesus, which means he calls us to change the world that we are in. And that we have the capacity, we have the ability to do that through the Holy Spirit. Many of our laws, our morals, the things we live by come from the word of God. People that are non-Christians don't even know that some of the things that they say come from scripture. Love your neighbor, be kind to people, even put others before yourselves. These are all teaching that comes from Jesus. One of the ways I think that we learn to change our heart is we watch what we say. Firstly, picking up how we're speaking tells us if we have a problem with taming the tongue. Before we speak, we need to take each word captive and bring our words into alignment with the word of God. I have three things I say. Is it helpful? Is it kind? And is it edifying? If it's worth saying after saying those things to myself, then I say it. We need to build a reality that is in line with God's purpose and kingdom plan. Josh a few weeks ago talked about us lining up with God's yes for our lives. And we need to bring God's word and and our words in line with whatever God has for us. Wherever God is, things get better. Now, they don't get easier, but they do get better. When your words and your life line up with God, it moves powerfully in your life. Maybe you need to get your words and your actions on the same page tonight. Maybe you need to simply practice the holy pause, as my good friend Katie says. So what does a heart change? 
look like? How do we know if we have tamed the tongue? I think firstly, we'll see fruits of the Spirit in us. Galatians 5.22 says, The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness and self-control. If we can look at our lives and see these traits starting to emerge, then we might see that maybe we're on the right track. And if we can't, perhaps we need to ask God who gives good things to all his children who ask for that. I also think our life gets transformed for the glory of Jesus. We look different and we actually lead people to Jesus when we start controlling our tongue. Our lives reflect him more and people will see that. When I, when I was a kid, when I was in primary school, my faith was so alive. It was real. And I had no problem telling people about Jesus, telling him all about him. But when I became a teenager, I tried really hard to walk away from Jesus. Praise the Lord, he didn't let me. But my life as a teenager did not reflect what I professed. I still believed in Jesus, but my life didn't reflect the image of God. And I wasn't leading people closer to Jesus. I love Jesus. I love having a relationship with him. And I want my family and I want my friends to know that same thing. I want you to know that same love. We should want our lives to reflect him so that others can know this truth and love. Our lives are transformed And when they're transformed, we change the environments that we're in. We build strong relationships with people because we remember that they are created in the image of God. We even challenge the toxic culture around us. When something doesn't sit well with us, we don't stay silent. We fight for those who need it. I was really challenged um, when I started writing this message. Like challenged to the point of tears. And not like nice tears, like pretty tears you see in movies, like sobbing. Sobbing at the idea that I would be bringing this message to you because I am not perfect. I don't have it all together. I don't say everything right like I want to say. But one thing I have learned over time is that God gives us all we need to do all that he has called us to do. And so just because I'm not perfect doesn't mean that I can't stand before you and say that I too, like you, am a sinner, but I'm trying to be more like Jesus every single day. And I know when we hear a message like this, we think, oh, it's just, you know, kind of telling you off and that kind of thing. But can I tell you, we as Christians, we actually need to work through this stuff. We need to wrestle with this stuff. We need to look more like Jesus. The world around us is getting harder. It is getting harder to follow Jesus. The world is telling us more and more that we should not listen to what the scripture says, that we should not listen to the word of God. We should do whatever we want to do. But can I just tell you right now that that is not freedom. You are either transformed by God or you are transformed by the world. There is is no in between. And so while I wrestled with this, while I didn't necessarily want to bring this word to you, I knew the importance of what happens if our hearts are transformed, if we make a decision that we're going to change, that we're going to change the people around us as we are changed. Because the truth is, those studies, 
that they've done overseas. They actually say that 25%, it takes 25% of people in a room to change the trajectory of a room. So if just 25% of you in this room understood the power of the tongue and made a decision to walk and to be more like Jesus, we would actually see this whole room transformed. You would, in your life, see your lives transformed. If you're in a relationship, you got 50-50. So you got more than 25%. So the more you make a decision to follow Jesus, the more you make a decision to be more like Jesus, you will also help your other half do the same. Now, if you're sitting here thinking, my life doesn't represent those things you just talked about, the fruits of the Spirit or leading people to Jesus. Can I tell you that you're not alone? We are all on a journey. We are all growing to be more like Jesus. James didn't say this all to condemn us or to make us think that we can't make it in life. He did it so that we can know that the goal is to be a little bit more like Jesus every day. If we are willing to say, Jesus, I need your help to be more like you so I can have a heart aligned with your yeses for me, then Jesus will take us on a heart transformation. There's no, there's no click of your fingers and your heart's going to be transformed. We're on a journey. We're all on a journey together. The next time you hear gossip and you don't stop it, don't beat yourself up about it, but own it, recognise it, take it to Jesus, ask him to help you with it. One of the biggest things that has helped me shape my thinking to be more in line with Jesus is through prayer. Whenever I feel angry about something or someone, whenever someone really annoys me, no one in this room, I am learning to stop, to take a holy pause and to pray for them. And not just pray that God will take it away, but God will actually bless them. That God will transform their lives as he transforms mine. I will force myself to talk well of them even when I don't feel like it or feel like they deserve it. And do you know what happens when I pray for people or when you pray for people? Your heart is softened towards them. It is amazing how often it will, ch- it will change your perceptive of some, perception of someone if you pray for them. It really will. I start to see them in a new light. We go back to James 3 and we remember that they are created in God's image as well. You and me. And that person that really annoys you in the office, all created in the image of God. No one is out of, outside of God's redemption. No one. Scripture says, pray for your enemies. Bless those who persecute you. That is going in the way of the Lord and against the way of the world. Because the world says you should get your own. You should tell them off. You should say what you need to say. You need to do what you need to do. And God says, pray for them. We need to do that more. Romans 12.2 says, Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Let God into your heart. Put him first and watch him transform your life from the inside out. I am not perfect, but each day I rest in the fact that Jesus is perfect. 
and that I don't need to live in my shame of failing, but I can celebrate in his grace and his love for me that is transforming my life and in transforming the lives of those around me. Your life matters. What you say and do matters. God didn't create you to live a life that is shaped by the world. He wants more for you. He wants you to be shaped by him. Many of you have been doing, ah, reading the New Testament in six months with us. And I'm actually watching how God is shaping some of you. I'm watching some of the behaviours changing. And it's amazing because the truth is, the more time you spend with God, the more you're shaped by him. Take a holy pause. It doesn't matter of your age. It doesn't matter of your stage. God wants to use you and he wants to transform your lives to see the lives of others transformed. Now perhaps gossip or slander is, isn't something that you struggle with. Do you know you can actually ask these questions no matter, matter what issue you're struggling with? Is it helpful? Is it kind? Is it edifying? Let us be the church that loves so hard that we won't let ourselves and our friends and our family stay the way we are. Welcome to the family of sinners who are trying to be a little bit more like Jesus every day. There is hope for us here, all of us. The truth is we can make a decision that, you know what, actually we want to be more like Jesus. We want to tame the tongue. We want to show people that we're not hypocrites, that Jesus is, is, is real in our lives. And that's awesome. But unless you really know Jesus, you can't know that. Romans 10 says it's pretty simple to follow Jesus. If you only call upon his name, then you'll be saved. But God doesn't want just a part of you. He wants all of you. He wants your life transformed for his glory. He wants you to tell others about him. Why? Because he loves you and he loves your neighbour. He loves your friend. He loves your family member. He wants to set you free. True freedom not the same freedom as the law as the world tells you true freedom is a life lived out for Jesus a life shaped by Jesus thanks so much for listening We'd love to hear from you. For more information and resources, please check out our website, encounteradelaide.com.au. And don't forget to leave us a rating and review on your podcast provider. Have an amazing day. God bless.